Well, what's up, folks? It is Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, on a special night that we're going to have on David Melandra Jr. from Lifestyle Media and the writer also for Philadelphia Sportsnet or Philadelphia SN. Uh, so he will be on with us here momentarily. We're going to be talking some NBA hoops, and we're going all around the playoffs. So if you're a Bucks fan, Nets fan like our little ducky here, along with the Sixers who absolutely allowed Atlanta to come back. But we'll get into that with David. Uh, it was just a tough night overall, but hopefully the Sixers will bounce back tomorrow night as it will be back home. Maybe some home cooking, you know, what's that old saying? The home cooking may do them just well. So lots to talk about. We'll have a fun night tonight. And then tomorrow night, there'll be a bonus show for tomorrow. I'll explain that one later on. And also Joe Sharp. There is a video that I want to show you guys at the very end of the podcast of the show and talk about him as far as his sale video that he did solo. So that was a pretty good performance by him. So everyone else tonight, thank you for joining us. We're going to have a lot of fun as much as we possibly can. I am Angel. This is Broad Street South. Week, I happen to say it and I will catch him one day just dancing. But for right now, here is Vito Corleone. And no drum roll. No, dude, you're killing the, me, Smalls. You're killing me. The, the drum roll was going. I heard it. I what's know, but you weren't, you weren't doing your dance move. Huh? All right. Mikey, what's going on, Mikey? Good. Tuesday night. Dave's in the house. Total Sixers. Series tied 2-2. Two, two. Let's see what the hell's going on. Game game five tomorrow. Phil's coming off a four-game winning streak, of course. Going out to L.A. last night losing. but. No left runners in scoring position. Yeah, once again, we've seen it too many times from the Phillies, and it seems to be their their Achilles heel. I don't know what's going to take for them to get around it, but if everybody thought just because they were able to take out the Yankees or in order to Stankies, as I love to call them, but they thought once they took them out that it was going to be one of those big things, uh, the Phillies were going to go on a major winning streak. Unfortunately, it's not the case. They're playing L.A. as much as there are rivals as well. L.A. has much more bigger things to worry about as they're looking to become World Series contenders again back-to-back. But, again, we're only talking about the middle part of the season, so there's a lot of baseball to go yet. And we never know what's going to happen with the Phillies. Maybe we can get into it a little bit more as well with David. So uh, we'll bring in our youngest beat writer, Nick Lisi, who happens to be also a Brooklyn Nets fan. And I'm pretty sure he'll be having a lot of fun talking talking some uh, Brooklyn Nets basketball here. So here is our beat writer. Ducky, ducky, ducky. How are you? Shucky, ducky, good. quack, quack, quack. <laughs> I'm doing good, fellas. I uh, three days into Clemson. We got Bucks next. Pivotal game five tonight, and my favorite, James Harden, making oh, his boy. return back for the boys. And we got a good one. We got David coming on the personal Swiss Army knife of sports. So. I can't wait to uh, hear what he's got to say, and uh, I can't wait to see y'all get fired up. So let's do it. I want to burn that jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to torch it, gasoline, and light up that Brooklyn Nets, whatever you got. <laughs> Big three. Well, we'll see what happens towards the end of the show here. No, no one never knows. And and we'll bring on also here our national correspondent and uh, maybe take a look of what's going on up here. Here is 
Ryan. So, you know, Brian, now that I look at it, as I'm looking at the top of your head here, uh, as you're walking yourself in, uh, I did notice almost in the very last picture, almost identical. Yes, this time around, you have a lot less than the last picture. Brian, how are you? I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this evening, and we're going to get into it with uh, Mr. Miranda. I told everybody, I told everybody about the Sixers and the Nets, what would happen if there were injuries. Nobody believed me. Ask Mr. Barrett Brooks from the middle show. We had that bet going. He lost the bet. And I've actually, I actually put on Twitter today, I will double down on a 12-pack. I call for the Hawks to win the series. I, hey, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I've doubled down on the 12-pack. And we're going to get into all this. We'll probably talk a little Phillies and whatnot. But I'm fired up. Ducky, you know they're going to use Mr. Harden tonight as a decoy. And I am constantly in hearing about it, about Embiid and Harris. And there might be a little bit of infighting going on and people pointing fingers. And I don't think Joel Embiid's knee is going to hold up. And it is going to become an issue. But, Angel, we will get into all that. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to hold up. And I have no problem with whoever thinking about it. It's going to end up holding up. But tonight's guest that we have on with us tonight, it is – David Melander Jr. And David, if everyone wants to follow him, by the way, just like we do here on Twitter, Dave M Reports, okay? So at Dave M Reports, you guys, if you know David's work and you happen to see it, I will say out of the 24 hours of the day, he works 2359. So there's only one minute and that's the minute he goes <laughs> to bed and then starts to rub over again. But David, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Whatever you guys want, you know, I'm here. Yes. Uh, by the way, with uh, if I also forgot to mention as well, I, again, and I know I mentioned it earlier, was uh, David Wrights, the sports writer for Philadelphia SN, also with Last Time Media with John Crichton, John Barchard, and Vince Quinn. And those mm -hmm. guys, I mean, great set of guys, a lot of fun, uh, great studio. And I, I know Fuji had the opportunity of going up there earlier. He'll join us back here. There he is. Here he comes back into the screen. I know Fuji oh. had the opportunity of going up there to the studio, but uh, and and he's gone again. He'll come back. Apparently, he's having a little technical <laughs> issues. <on>, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but uh, listen, I, I just noticed that John actually put out today before we get the show started, um, the lineup of what you guys have over there at Last Out Media. I mean, it, you know, the, the dream that he that he had, the vision, and now with the other three guys, I mean, congratulations to Last Out Media. Yeah, we've been kicking ass lately since we have select access for certain Sixers games. And yeah, so it's been going pretty good so far. Well, I... I, I as I say, I, I John Barcher, I mean, him and I have been friends for, for years, and, and I'm glad. Obviously, he had the baby as well, so congrat, uh, congratulations to John. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I, listen, I, John and I, John Crichton and I had a conversation that what I, what I could see, which the same thing John could see, is that last time media at one point or another will hope to get as big, if not bigger, than iHeartRadio, meaning the selection of shows, the people they have coming on. So at least that's my vision for last time media. I could be wrong, but that's the way at least I see it. And so far, we're getting there, especially we have access with the select access with the Sixers. I think we have a little more access with the Philadelphia Union, and we're slowly trying to get the other ones involved. That's right. Hey, it's a great thing. So good time to be with Last Time Media. So that, that's absolutely awesome. I see the comments coming in. So you guys hold on here for a second. And David, as I take a breath here, last night. <clears throat> Listen, how in the world, right? Just... So to start off right off the bat here, how in the world 
do you allow the Hawks to come back? And I don't know what happened in the second half, and especially the very beginning. It seemed like the Sixers just went 0 for 7 for three-pointers, and I don't understand what it was for them just to go consistently for three instead of just getting in the paint. I, I don't know. So I'll, I'll start off that question with you because it has driven me nuts for almost 24 hours now. Doc Rivers said it perfectly. We got out playing, got our asses kicked. So plain and simple. It was like Atlanta took it to them and they tried to, what was the word he used? They tried to play hero ball was the word, exactly what he said. So basically they made a run late. That last shot, like what the hell was that? But yeah. regardless, they they came out aggressive and they basically played down to their competition. That's what I've been hearing all day on uh, what was it, WIP 97.5 was all saying the same thing, that the Sixers played down to their competition, had a chance to go for the knockout shot tomorrow night. But we both know game five determines the series 90% of the time. It sure does. And, and- the one thing again, and I know Doc was trying, you know, make adjustments as much as he could as the game went throughout. The uh, the other question that I that I have as well, other than I, I don't know how defensively. And I was watching the TNT halftime, uh, and and those guys were talking about how Atlanta needed to change up their defense. And I almost wanted to go back to TV and, and you know tell those guys like, listen, thanks a lot for helping out Atlanta because apparently they listened to you during the halftime show. Because they, they said it all Atlanta had to do was pretty much put a defensive scheme together in the second half to end up winning the game. Well, sure enough. I mean, Shaq was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Who else am I? I'm missing somebody Charles else. Charles Barkley was right. Kenny yep, was Charles right. Barkley I mean, was right. Basically, yeah. anytime TNT says something, 90% of the time, it's yeah. dead on the money. So, basically, I I don't even trust half the crap that ESPN says. No, I need right. I go with basically TNT all the time. And ironically, yeah. TNT is the home of the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's a little tidbit right there. And also, people don't know this, what? that uh, Marv Albert's retiring at the end of this basketball season. And ironically, it's the Eastern Conference Finals they're going to have this year. So he potentially could have finals <clears> in <throat> New York, Philadelphia, possibly, I don't know, Atlanta. But I can tell you from the NBA side of things, the worst-case scenario is they do not want Milwaukee-Atlanta. They do not want that as the conference final. No, 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 no. They want Philadelphia and Brooklyn because of the bigger markets, bigger ratings, yeah. number one versus number two. That's exactly what they want. But worst-case scenario, it's Atlanta and Milwaukee. Who the hell wants to see that? Answers nobody. Yeah, exactly. Straight facts. Yep, that is true. And then my last question here before I, I turn over to here Fuji is that, again, we, we saw the flagrant file – by Ben Simmons. Okay. I, I, me personally, I will say I didn't see it. Then again, I'm, I'm not a ref, but to me, it wasn't, it wasn't as much as a flagrant foul as it was called last night. Um, then there was the, the follow up foul. Who was it with? Uh, was it a Bucks game? Somebody else last night that had also a flagrant foul, but that one was beyond delivered. It was another game. Jokic, right? Jokic had yep. a flagrant. Yep. Got it yeah. Yeah. But that one was like kind of, beyond at that point but then again you know we we see it I, I guess it was it was meant to be called we also saw Joel Embiid you know walking away from the ref having some choice words that I won't repeat uh mm-hmm. some people say it was towards the ref some people say it was towards the fans so it, you know it's interesting to see well, how it ended up playing the, last night that's the good thing about the fans of Atlanta in game three when Embiid went down and started grabbing his knee the fans of Atlanta started, started cheering but right. God forbid, saying if this was a, if the Philly fans were cheering uh, somebody from Atlanta got her, oh God, every national media people would have been up their asses basically raising Philadelphia fans are sick and disgusting. Oh, really? 
the the the, the Atlanta fans are down Friday night. On Monday, I watched all the shows. Nothing. Not even a word was mentioned about it. Of course not. No, but it, it's okay though. It, it but anything that comes to Philadelphia, we we know if something happens, you had the, the guy who spilled popcorn, right? Became you no. Know, the the right. national headlines. They actually caught the guy. He was a season ticket holder. Got his tickets revoked for life and banned from the arena for every event inside that building. Yeah, nice. which I mean, it's insane. But I I understand the security measures they want to end up taking. But it's funny how you end up taking that story. You can run with it for days, and they always bring the one thing that drives me nuts about the media is it it, it could be someone tripped over the sidewalk into the wells, and but they'll relate it back to snowballs, Christmas, and freaking mm-hmm. Santa. It, it mm-hmm. just it's a double standard, but you know, I, I don't know. We'll get into more NBA talk here, but uh, Fuji, I know you've got a nice, good question coming up here. Dave, thanks for coming on. It's nice to meet you. Um, oh, I call it a good part of the game, and I mean, maybe the Sixers just flat out beat themselves, hands down. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end, when Trey Young was driving the lane, why didn't anybody just fail him? I'm, well, as I don't know. It's just like Trey Young in this series has, has, has been on another level. It's the first time in the playoffs, making it to the second round, first time in his career. So everybody's realizing, oh, damn, I didn't realize he was that good. But he is. But then the Atlanta Hawks tried to do what the Washington Wizards did in game four, which was hack a Ben. They started fouling Ben, sent him to the foul to make his foul shot. Did he? He missed every other one he made. So right. that's basically Atlanta trying to steal what the Wizards try to do. It almost worked, but not really. Especially now with Danny Green out, who do you expect to step up off the bench? Well, going into it, because well, they had no points in game one of, of, of the bench. Like, how the hell can your entire bench not score any points? That makes no sense at all. Exactly. Yeah. And secondly, the bench showed up in game two, led by Shake Milton, which was huge. Game three, they tore it up even more. Game four, I don't know what the hell happened with the bench. So we know this was going to happen eventually. Then, on top of that, I believe Shake Mill's going to tear it up in, in Game 5 because the crowd's going to be behind him. Korkmaz, Cor- uh, who got the start for Danny Green, looked all right. He had a couple big shots. Now he needs to keep it consistently as he's going to be starting the rest of the series. Another thing is, Mitch. All right, Fooch, all you. All you, go ahead. I was going to say, Matisse Steibel, one of the defensive players of the year. How's he not on the court? Well, how's he not have more minutes at all? I don't understand it. I guess it's based off the matchups and the timing of it because Matisse Seibel and Joel Embiid were just named to the NBA All-Defensive second team yeah. while Ben right. Simmons was named to the first team. Exactly. Good good, good, good points there. Um, David, I guess you mentioned you mentioned Korkmaz. He was minus 13 last night. He was the worst player actually on the entire floor for the Sixers. Do you think Matisse Thibel gets some starting minutes uh, going into game five, or do you think they keep the lineup because they got it? I mean, last night, Maxi had seven minutes, like seven, and he was supposed to be like the man, right? So, right. like, can you go a little bit into like what you think Philadelphia is going to have to do uh, lineup wise to potentially take game game five? Well, put it this way they, their backs, it basically goes like this. Cork Moss had his opportunity to show up, and he had his moments. Mostly he's known for that when he comes in and hits the three-pointer. Seibel comes in if, if you need to shake things up on the defensive side of the ball. So now if you look at it this way, 
Ben Simmons needs to stay on Trey Young from the start. No questions asked. So basically going into the Washington series, you thought, oh, um, what was it? Danny Green could not guard Trey Young in game one. Not even close. And what led, led to the shakeup of Ben Simmons had to stay on Trey Young. And we know that's going to be like that for the rest of the series. Look, Good point there. Go, go ahead. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to ask one more question here for you. Joel Embiid, 4 of 20, 17 points, 21 rebounds. End of the game. This is that wide open layup. You expect another bad performance from him like this, or do you think oh, he bounces no, no, back? No, 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 no. Embiid has not, I've noticed lately, he has not had a stretch of back to back dreadful performances. And knowing game five, back in front of over 20,000 plus at the Wells Fargo Center, come on. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, there's no way in hell if he goes out and has a bad performance tomorrow night. And if he were, good, good, you know he will hear it all night long, especially the reputation, especially coming into this series. The big question was, when would the sick ring in the famous bell ringer of Triple H or Shawn Michaels of DX? How the hell do you lose that game when you have them in the building? Exactly. That makes no damn yeah. sense at all. So now you got a redemption and bring that back either for game five or for game, God forbid, if this goes to a game seven. But from the NBA side of things, they hope this series goes seven. And same for the, the uh, Brooklyn-Milwaukee series. They hope that goes seven as well. Because out west, it's going to be Phoenix against Utah. And that may draw some uh, okay ratings. But you watch the Clippers lately? Yeah, well, the Clippers are making things interesting, but the league is hoping they got the one seed out west. Utah coasted all the way to the final to take on the one seed in the east, which will be the ideal situation. But we know that's not going to happen. No way at all. If Embiid, if he's having a lot of problems with his knee, which we know he is, we don't know if Doc Rivers is continuously to monitor What's going on? He should not have played as many minutes as he did last night. He should not because we you saw late how gassed out Embiid was. He should not have played that as many minutes as he did last night. Bottom line for me, Dave, is this. When it came to the Sixers last night, when Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid are more worried about getting into it with the fans, like Embiid came like, – I saw an article today like Embiid was sick of the Atlanta fans. Dude, if – you're getting in with, with the fans. You are not focused. The man went 0 for 12 yesterday in the second half. He's clearly hurt. I don't think the knee is mm -hmm. going to hold up. I really don't. Now you have only a one-day turnaround to come back and play in Philly. I just think I personally, silently, think that the Sixers are in a little bit of trouble. And I've said to us to a couple of my Atlanta Hawk friends, if I were Atlanta – I would let Embiid do his thing and make sure I'm stopping Simmons and Harris. Because to me, everybody focuses on Embiid. I think Tobias Harris is the main cog that makes everything go. You saw hey, Tobias was going off the first half. What did Tobias Harris do in the second half? Just like everybody else. Squat. You know Simmons isn't going to step up to the plate because he has a history of not stepping up to the plate. So other Jake Milton is like, well, I have a good game, then I have three crappy ones, then I have a good game, then I have three crappy ones. Nobody on this team seems to, especially off the bench, seems to be able to step up to the plate. I'm in the minority. I just think that the Sixers are in a little bit of trouble because, look, I the Sixers were hoping to go up 3-1 
Because if Embiid is hurt that bad, you come back to Philly, you sit him for game five. Let him get a little bit of rest. I mean, I don't know what you're I don't know what you're hearing internally, what your thoughts are. And look, I've said this to a couple other people too. You gotta remember who the Sixers coach is. Other than 2007 through 2009, the man doesn't have the greatest track record in the playoffs. So, again, Dave, I don't. You know, I'm just trying to pick your brain. What you're hearing? Are fans nervous? Or, I mean, I'm just trying to like get a pulse on what everybody's thinking because everything I'm hearing is, oh, we got Game Five, we'll win this easy. It's just like when we lost Game One. I think this has a little bit different flavor to it. Well, I'll put it this way. There's more added pressure now on the Sixers knowing what's going on in the Milwaukee-Brooklyn series after they saw Brooklyn just wipe the floor with Milwaukee through the first two, and then Milwaukee comes back and just smacks them around for the last, for the last two games. Mm-hmm. So the NBA is like, uh-oh, we're in trouble with that series too. So they're hoping that goes seven games and sets up uh, everything on the line for the East Final. But Ben Simmons right. even said it perfectly today. Like He said that after the game last night was uh, – he should have been more aggressive and attacking him from the start. And Doc Rivers even perfectly said it today. He was like, I couldn't agree with more of what Ben Simmons said. He should have been more aggressive, taught basically more being a facilitator, basically not as far as shooting, but basically being more just distributing, getting to the lane. Even Doc Rivers said all season one, he doesn't care if Ben has basically takes a shot or has a jump shot and starts making it. As long as he gets in the lane, Distributes the ball, as we know, he's one of the more aggressive guys getting into the lane and facilitating passing the ball around. But, at, as we know, a lot of people have been asking Doc Rivers, saying, what's wrong with Ben? How come he can't shoot the ball? He, Doc was like, I don't see what the big fixation, fixation is. Ben has done more things for this team besides not have a shot, which that is a problem. But he knows that, and he needs to get it fixed. But regardless, Ben has to stay more aggressive from the start as you saw in the second half. He started taking off and just like saying, that's it. I'm taking over. That is it. So now the question for him is, can he stay aggressive more than one hmm. game? Dave, just to uh, get back to what you were saying. I mean, Ben's been in the league a couple years. You know, the playoffs always, the cream always rises to the top. Now, hmm. you should always, you should come prepared mentally. I mean, you shouldn't have to say I should be more aggressive. I mean, you were drafted number one. Like you're, you're one of the best defensive players in the league. You shouldn't even have to say you're aggressive. It should, you should already be pumped up and fired up and ready to go for every game. This is the big time. You want to win the championship? Step up and strap a set of brass ones on and let's go for the gusto. I mean, you shouldn't even have to put it out there. That's it just fires me up, like. I can put my head through this concrete wall here. (laughs) Well, that's what a lot of people thought was going on when they drafted Markel Fultz instead of uh, Jason Tatum. Well, Markel Fultz could not, was not, what's the word they used? Um, His his psychological, his psyche was not ready for the big time market like Philadelphia. But Jason Tatum, for where he was, he was able to handle the big market that is at Boston. But as you saw, Markel's done very well in Orlando because Orlando is not considered a big market city for because when you have like four pro teams at the same time going at it, you know you're going to be on right. the microscope every single day. Like a city like Orlando, not as much. Dude, I want to ask you this. 
It's, well, it's just a, Oh, my bad. All right. Go ahead, Doc. You're Joel, good. Embiid, Joel Embiid is eligible now for the Supermax. 2023-2024 makes $42.5 million. 24, 25, 46, 25, 26, 49, 26, 27, 52.8 million dollars. Would you sign him to the Supermax right now? No. No. Why? Not yet. I'll let him go one more season and then max him out. Because we know Ben Simmons is also going to be off for that as well. Yeah. So do you give both of them at the same time? Mm-mm. No, no, no. You go back to back. You let you either give it to Ben first. Then Joel, or you give them both at the same time. Regardless, they're both going to get. They are the face of this team. They ain't going nowhere. The only way they're out of here is somebody says we'll give you four first round picks straight up. If I, Dave, if a team I, came to me and said they'll give me four first round picks for Ben or Joel, I would seriously consider it. But honestly, no team is going to be that dumb enough to do that. Dave, let me ask you something point blank about Ben Simmons. Barring the no collapse, is Ben Simmons back next year with the 76ers? Yes. Yes. Basically, the way how this team has looked all season, you never saw this under Brett Brown. Not even remotely close. Mm-mm. You bring in a guy like Doc Rivers who – has won a championship with the likes of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. And he's coming in off of a crazy situation that the NBA went through last year, having everything in the bubble in Orlando. The Sixers were never mentally in it when they went to the bubble in Orlando. Not even close. It was written all over the wall. They were right. never ready for it. They were sick and tired of basically seeing the, what was the word, uh, uh, they, they they didn't have it. They they were not mentally in it, so it was basically, you know what, being swept in the first round was a was basically a blessing in disguise for them. Right. It was led to saying, okay, there has to be a shakeup, and you know what, there you go. It turned out to be one. Brett Brown had to go. We knew Brett was not going to be the long term answer. So exactly. they just brought him in just to go through the lumps, up and down, blah blah blah, whatever it was going to be. And you know what? It basically got um, one of the biggest names in the NBA, Doc Rivers, who, like I mentioned before, won a championship, who knows how to change players around. Even Embiid and Simmons both said playing for Doc Rivers has changed their personalities around. And then on top of that, it changed everybody around. Tobias Harris has looked differently. Uh, You bring in a veteran like Danny Green, who basically won a championship, and Dwight Howard with the Lakers in the bubble last year. So they know what it takes. All right. Dave, let so, me, go ahead, Fooch. No, I was going to say, especially Dwight Howard, you know, as long as he's been in the NBA, just, you know, winning a championship last year and having that experience, you know, bringing it to the Sixers with Embiid and just getting in his ear and, you know, this is how you do things. This is what champions are made of and so forth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, let me ask you this. Regardless of what happens this year, and you're saying Simmons and Embiid and Harris, the the nucleus of the team, they're going to stay. I've said for the last couple years that if this team really wants to really go to the next level and stay there for a while, I always said take Ben off the point 
let him and Embiid work the box. Get yourself a decent, viable point guard somewhere. And then I think they could go to the next level for the next three, four years. And then I always get pushed back about, well, it's working this way. And now Doc's here and he'll be able to, you know, he'll know what to do. But let's face it. Ben Simmons is not going to develop a jump shot. Okay. I mean, he hasn't. He has a certain game that works. And I just think that with both him and Embiid down on the box, let them work. I think they could be a deadly combination, but they need Seth Curry isn't the answer. Milton's not the answer. They're just sort of like plugins. I mean, say what you will about Milton. I just think he's too inconsistent. What what do you think the team really needs going forward, regardless of what happens this year? Well, put it this way, veteran leadership, which we knew they needed them, especially when you had under Brett Brown, none of the guys, uh, what's what I'm looking for here, uh, didn't show that extra fire they had. Right. So, well, they made it to the second round against Boston uh, two years, well, two or three years ago and got blasted in five games. That was their first time in the second round in God knows how long. Uh, they beat Miami in that playoff series, which was Okay, the first playoff series win under Brett Brown and B. Simmons era, which was okay. Are they going? This is a slow step to get where they need to be. Yeah, we knew that was not going to happen that long. Doc Rivers comes in, changed the mentality. But now, as some of you may have seen all season, before the fans were allowed back in, you would have seen these videos posted by all the Sixers beat guys, like uh, many of them, as you notice, seeing like Dwight Howard, Simmons. Tyrese Maxey, the first-round pick, uh, Danny Green, and others come out on the floor hour, two hours after the game's over at the Wells Fargo Center, putting up shots after the game's over. You never saw that under Brett Brown. You never saw that. Uh, under Doc Rivers, they basically changed the mentality around. So basically yep. now they just need a legit point guard, which they have in Tyrese Maxey. He is the steal of the draft. No questions asked. No, Played seven minutes. Yeah. Played seven minutes last night. I don't well, think so as well. I mean, I, I like to see what Shake Milton's going to do. And you're right as far as going back to what you said earlier, as far as game two, the bench lit it up in, in game two. They came off really strong. And in game three, it, it was in, um, kind of, I guess, mediocre, I will say. Last night, once again, it was just, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, you're looking at, you're going into 18-point half, as, as Tom had meant, uh, meant the comment here, and now we'll bring it back up. Tom says they were up by 18, and, and what the hell happened? And, mm-hmm. and he follows it up with, uh, do you think get rid of Jimmy Butler was a big mistake? And you can answer that one here in a second. But, you know, you look at – just look at the bench overall, and and I just don't know. It was like it was almost like they went on shut down. I and mean, we've seen and – and I hate to bring up the Eagles in this situation, but we've seen Doug – you know, come out either really strong in the first half and then take his foot off the gas. And it mm-hmm. seemed like not Doc, but the rest of the Sixers did exactly that. They came out strong second half, like they put their foot off the gas. And if Way you're going to beat competition, yeah. So if you're going to beat Atlanta, you cannot beat Atlanta by just thinking, all right, we're just going to come in here, make me make one or two adjustments, you know, and we're not going to cover Trey Young as much as we did in the first half. When you shut down Trey Young and made a huge difference that first half. Versus the second half when Trey Young came back after ice on his shoulder, came out there, and he was just playing fire. So, I don't know. I, I just hope tomorrow night it's going to be a whole different story. 
at, at least what I hope. But uh, getting back to Tom's question here, um, does, does Philly feel like they made a, make, a big mistake by getting rid of Jimmy Butler? Well, when you bring in a player like Jimmy Butler, he had the mentality of he changed the whole culture around when he showed up. They started winning, become more aggressive, and fans got behind him. But the but we all know in the end who was going to have the ball in their hands down the stretch when it mattered the most. Right. It was not going to be Jimmy. It was going to be Embiid and Simmons, one and two. There was going to be no number three. Tobias Harris is learning the hard way as well because he's the number three in this situation. So that's why they decided to give the max to Tobias instead of Jimmy. And I will say if maybe what the Sixers need, I I don't know. I I could be nuts. Maybe Doc Rivers tonight and Ben Simmons and, I don't know, Cyborg can get together and just fire up a nice cigar from Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacco Lounge. And they can just, you know, go out there and sit in the barbecue pit, do something, just, you know, put that stogie out there and just say, hey, we can do better tomorrow night. But, I, I mean, all of us are excited. I still think the Sixers can do it in six games. I don't see why they can lose a series to Atlanta other than beating them themselves, which we've seen. But I will, I, I will love if someone got together, too, with Brett Brown. I know it's kind of hard. You know, you, you got to let go by the, by the team. But and not saying as far as to come back, but get like Brett's understanding of you know what it was when he was here versus what he's not. And I'm just saying from a fan base because I, I would love to know how Brett Brown feels at, at this point. He knows he was he tried to get there as best as he possibly could, and unfortunately it came up short for Brett. But I, listen, I, I have no doubt whatsoever. Doc Rivers will make the necessary adjustments, and if he needs to get in these guys' face, then then do so. But don't let it slip away as it did. Um, it, if, I mean, if I had a brick. You know those phony bricks that was a commercial years ago where they had that phony brick and you throw it to the TV so you won't actually break your TV with the brick? That's what it felt like last night because it was just utterly disgusting. And if I felt that way down here in Tampa, I can only imagine what the Philly faithful felt like back home. So it was just hmm. horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, this is the same from the NBA. They, they just announced the uh, the All-NBA team. And Sixers' Joel Embiid has been named to the All-NBA second team, joining him with Dame Lillard. Chris Paul, Julius Randle, and LeBron. The first team was named by Kawhi Leonard, Jokic, Luka, Steph Curry, and Giannis. Hmm. No, listen, I, I think personally, I'm I'm just saying it. I, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. I think he's he's overrated at this point. Team, and the third team was named by Bradley Beal, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Kyrie, and somebody named Jimmy Butler. Hmm. <laughs> No, no. Hey, listen. Speaking of, we'll see. the The off season should come around. We never know things. Stranger things have happened here in Philly. Who Who knows what's going to happen come next year? The, the Sixers know they got places and needs where they need to be. Thankfully for them, the salary cap is not a huge issue for them. Um, so it's a, that's a great thing, at least for the Sixers. Uh, the Eagles is a whole different story, but we'll see. I mean, it, there's <laughs> there's plenty of basketball left in the Sixers and with Doc Rivers. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I want to kind of flip it real quick over before, because uh, uh, I, I know you may have or may not have limited time here. But Phillies, we we saw the weekend series, right? And we've seen the Yankees come to town. I was there the, Saturday for the walk off. So and, was I. And, yeah, Vito was there as well. So in the extra, oh, Vito, that was the one thing I forgot to put was the footage of of the celebration going on there at at the bank. 
but we've seen the Yankees come into town. Obviously, we saw in 2009, which I I still can't – that burns me so bad to watch these I was guys actually, give up. I was actually at game five of that overnight World Series where Audley blasted two shots out. Yeah, well, listen, I, I – there's one thing that it drives me insane. No is that Milwaukee Bucks. Forget that. Brooklyn's going down. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I love we'll, to hear. We'll get, we'll get to Ducky's Brooklyn Nets here in, in a moment. But, you know, Dave, it, it was just one of those things that I'm, I'm really glad I'm happy, first of all, because my sister's a Yankees fan. She'll be here uh, tomorrow visiting, so I can't wait to see my sister. But she's a Yankees fan, like a lot of New Englanders and posers, anybody else out there. But I'm glad that the Phillies were able to pull it off, especially when you're up, was it 7-2? You almost end up blowing the game whatsoever. Hector Neris, I know he's getting a lot of grief. Don't get me wrong, because when you went in the moment as a fan, um, keep it real here. As a fan, you're you're wondering, you're telling Joe, what are you thinking? Why is Hector still in the game? Get the guy out there. They launched three-run home run. Everything is tied. Thankfully, in the 10th inning, the Phillies are able to, to come back and obviously win the game, you know, 8-7 once again, uh, thanks to Gene Segura. But, and and someone I, I heard today, uh, one of the radio stations somewhere, they were saying if, if Gene would have, matter of fact, it might have been WIP maybe yesterday. Will Gene ever get to 3,000 hits? I don't see it from Gene Segura. But, you know, listen, who knows? Who knows what could end up happening? But Phillies end up taking the series. And then, of course, they go to L.A., lose last night. Do we see another loss from the Phillies tonight? Nah, they'll, they'll bounce right. They'll bounce back tonight because tomorrow, that's the marquee pitching match. We got uh, Clayton Kershaw against Zach Wheeler tomorrow. Yeah. That should be a good one. I mean, getting into yeah. it about last night, I mean, Spencer Howard was like 60-some pitches without sides giving up that two-run homer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Girardi yanks him. And, well, they tried to get him to go through five innings. It's the goal to try to get him because apparently he's still not developed enough. Right. So basically, that's what the whole issue is with Spencer Howard is saying. Yeah. So basically, it's uh, there's there's not they haven't their development with some of their players lately has not lived up the part. Don Brown, no. Uh, who else Boss. am I thinking of? Who else am I thinking of? There's a couple of guys. Like, <laughs> I could Ryan be here Howard, all night. Well, <laughs> Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, and J. Roll. Lived up to the hype. The other guy. I mean, if you no. if you want to go way back, we could we could do a whole show on <laughs> bad Phillies draft picks from here to eternity and the hell and back. Tommy <laughs> Joseph, he didn't live up to the hype. Yeah. Well, got was in the uh, Hunter Pence deal. Bryce, Bryce yeah. Harper has he lived up to the hype? Yes. Oh okay. yes. All, okay. all you throw three hundred thirty million dollars at him, you better live up to the damn hype. Oh, yeah, of course. So that's why I don't think he's lived up to it. So well, you figure like you tell me, how would you feel when you get hit in the face with a fastball going ninety seven miles per hour? Your psyche and your reaction time is still not the same yet. He's still trying to get not his emotion back. Yeah. So right. it's gonna take a little bit for him to get back, but I'm telling you, he's there. He's lived up to everything that he knows playing down in Washington DC. Nobody really cared about the Nationals. Really. Nobody. After he left, they're like, oh, you know, we may have actually have a shot at something. And what do you know? They won the World Series. Big whoop because there's nobody that – basically, the year the Nationals won the World Series, nobody really cared. Right. Nobody. True. Nobody cared at all. But when Harper went came up here, best thing that ever happened. Then he woke the fan base up a little bit more. They had to feel – of like 2007, 2008, all over again. Right. Just has to feel like saying, okay, we got a big dog here. We have a consistent pitching lineup. We may make some noise. 
They've two- no going out and getting JT Romuto, Zach Wheeler last year, DD Gregorius. And you bring in the, the life of a Joe Girardi, who ironically, John Middleton even came out and said he wanted to sign the guy that took his bleeping trophy away from him. Right. Two, two, two part of here real quick. I mean, I can't talk smack at baseball because my pirates absolutely suck out loud. But as long as you admit it, <laughs> hey, I'll be the first one to admit they they are a minor league baseball team. But besides that, they won. I still think the Braves are going to catch fire and win the National League East. Do you think the Phillies can hang? And if they are hanging, come All Star break. What potential um, moves do you see them making, or if they make any moves at all to make a push? Well, where they stand right now, they're in second place, which is We're good. Is wrong, which is good. Basically, their Achilles heel, the Marlins. Are you <laughs> kidding me? The Marlins. Of mm. all teams, what is it with the state of Florida that the Phillies have a lot of problems with? They can't be the exactly. Phillies. That's embarrassing. The Marlins, I don't know what their excuse is, but regardless, they can hang with the Braves. They can definitely hang with the Mets. The Nationals, they don't have any issues with. They can hang with them. It's just that series, that last game, that, those last three games in October will basically decide if this team's really a playoff team or not against the Marlins. Because What's your thoughts on work. the substance? What's your thought on this on the whole substance? Cracking down on the pictures with the substance stuff. Do you like it or no? Uh, I didn't hear much about that, so I had no response to that yet. Okay. But I can tell you, my timeline was blowing up today, not because of anything Philadelphia sports related. No, no, because no, some of the other sports I cover today, it was blowing up because of out in Las Vegas, the contract was signed today for the the third fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Yeah, hmm. big one. So, July, right? Is that one set in July? July 24th. So basically, this summer is loaded for combat sports. Basically, give you a little example. This Saturday night down in Miami, of all places, they're having the pay-per-view, the thriller pay-per-view headlined by the Undisputed lightweight champion Timofo Lopez will defend his titles against George Kapalukas this Saturday night. Then next week, you got Gervonta Davis headlining a Showtime event. July 10th, the return of Conor McGregor against wow. Dustin Poirier for the third time. So, because they, they each have a win against each other. So, that's going to be awesome to see. Then July 24th, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, three. Then August 21st, you got Manny Pacquiao versus Earl right. Spence for the welterweight championship. Then the week after that, you have some guy named Jake Paul taking on Tyrone Woodley in his in a sanctioned 12-round fight under Showtime. Because Jake Paul apparently signed a, I believe it was a four-fight deal with Showtime. So all his fights are going to be on Showtime now. Dave, to, to get on, continue with boxing. Do you ever see like the heavyweight division ever getting back to where it once was, or there's just not that many good heavyweights out there at all? No, nah, the heavyweight division is right where it needs to be right now. Wilder and Fury is bringing more attention back to it. The winner, whoever wins on July 24th, will determine everything. If Tyson Fury wins, then you're looking at in November, 
Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua for all the heavyweight supremacy. But if Wilder wins, you know there's going to be a fourth fight to settle the score because it'll be a win by Fury, a win by Wilder, and there's a draw in there as well. So if they, there's going to be a fourth one between these two, and it's going to happen regardless if Wilder wins, which honestly, I think Wilder's going to win big. Dave, the whole the, the Mayweather Logan Paul thing was was that just like a joke? Is boxing getting desperate, or do you think? See, I'm going to be 53 years old, and I remember what boxing hmm. used to be. So I'm just wondering if boxing is getting desperate to try and get back to the way I mean, it's never going to be the way it used to be. But are, is boxing just getting desperate at this point? Do you think? No, basically, a lot of people are basically. Boxing is right where it needs to be with certain fights, but the problem is many of these champions in these weight classes are not unifying the titles. That's the problem with the sport right now. If you look at the UFC and you look at Bellator, they give the fans what they want. They want to see unified title fights. They want to see the number one guy against the number two to eliminate them to face a champion. So it's going to happen regardless. But the whole Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul thing, that was an absolute train wreck. But I understand why it was done. Because Logan Paul had one other boxing match in his career, and he got obliterated. Mayweather, on the other hand, is coming off one of the more successful careers he had, especially taking on Conor McGregor, which drew, if I'm not mistaken, 1.96 million pay-per-view buys to second highest pay-per-view of all time. So... He saw an opportunity to say, you know what? A Sunday night in June, nothing's going on. Eh, what the hell? Let me see what I can do. And apparently it apparently it did 1.2 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, yeah. Dave, He's celebrity Dave. boxing is here to stay. That Dave, do you on the see other hand, was an absolute disaster last Friday in Atlantic <laughs> City when you had Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter go at it with Chuck Liddell as a referee. <laughs> What? Yeah. When I first heard yeah. about this, I was like, oh, who the hell put that fight together? Then I looked, I was like, oh, never mind. It was, um, we knew that fight was going to be put on by Damon Feldman, which is, don't get me wrong, I've been to some of his fights. They've been very entertaining. This one, on the other hand, I'm still, I don't understand it, but it turned out to be comical about the whole situation. Dave, do you see Mike Tyson fighting again anytime soon? Yes, there apparently there is talks about him and Lennox Lewis going at it again. Wow. <laughs> Under the thrower pay-per-view brand. Because exhibition? Apparently, yeah, it's, it will be an exhibition. And then what else we got? There is... Um, no knockouts? Uh, Balboa Drago? <laughs> <laughs> no <Yeah>. and no. <laughs> but apparently, Creed 4. Yeah, something like that. But uh, they had... <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a rumor going around about Kevin McBride, the guy that, that basically ended Mike Tyson's career, taking on the Vander Holyfield, supposed to happen this weekend. But I don't really? know if that fight's even going to happen or not. But apparently the contract no. was signed, but nobody knows if that's still going to be on the pay-per-view or not. But regardless of that, the UFC is tearing it up big, especially if there's a Philly connection in the UFC that's going to be on the undercard of the Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Sean Brady. Huh. Dream celebrity fight? What would, what would it be? 
Dream celebrity fight? Hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking Ryan Neff and Mike Fuji, but <laughs> maybe, maybe that's bias. That ain't no challenge. <laughs> uh, it's like Tyson Spinks. Logan 91 Paul, seconds. Would you want to see Logan Paul, Jake Paul? That would be interesting. But no, the one, the one I would, well, actually, Logan would probably win. But I want to see Logan, I want to see Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather. If that ever happens, I'm hooked on that. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> we got jokes. Ducky's yeah. got jokes tonight. He sure does. And and by the way, Ducky, Cornish, we are going to get into it tomorrow night. So don't don't worry about it, Ducky. We're going to get uh, more into boxing tomorrow night. Some other things as well, because I know we, we wanted to talk about that. Um, but also, I lost my train of thought here momentarily. But <clears throat> MMA, we we've seen it take off. I mean, it, it's Joe Rogan uh, has added to what Dana White has continued. Even though that Dana White said he wasn't going to be as much as involved, but you can't have. MMA without Dana White. I'm sorry, without both of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Not, at least not in my opinion. Is to me, MMA is is basically will be here to stay until Dana White decides to really kind of like pack it up and walk away. And I think when he does, unless there's someone to take over between both of them, I, I don't see it anytime soon. But I think that's when MMA will will kind of dissipate. I guess you want to call it correctly. Um, but the world of boxing, it, it just, it hasn't been the same in years. And, and again, I'll, I'll leave it up to Ducky talk tomorrow night, but it, it, there, it's just, it's been beast mode. It, it well, has been crazy. I can, MMA you, I can honestly tell you firsthand covering both boxing and the MMA world. The M- the UFC has been trying, if I'm not mistaken, trying to have Joe Rogan do less events, but save him for pay-per-views only. So they've been developing the likes of Daniel Cormier Paul Felder, uh, Dominic Cruz, and Michael Bisping to be taking over for those in-house shows like those uh, UFC fight nights. So that's why you don't see Joe Rogan on those. You see him on the major pay-per-views, unless if it's out in the United, not in the United States, then who knows if he'll travel to it or not. But as you've seen, he's been on pay-per-view only. But the other ones have been like, like I was mentioning, Paul Felder, Michael Bisping, Daniel Cormier and Dominic Cruz have been tearing it up. And then on the boxing side of things, ever since HBO left, Showtime has been blowing the doors off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Showtime has been blowing the doors off the entire sport, but the PBC has been catching up and they have been taking it over. Fox has been starting to do some big fight nights, especially the August 21st Manny Pacquiao Earl Spence that is a Fox pay-per-view event. No, it's 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 gonna be for years to come. All I know is it's gonna get better. I mean, these guys, you see so many, so many of the younger guys getting into it now. I mean, again, UFC is gonna be phenomenal for, for many years to come. And I know yeah. and another thing with the UFC, there's a Philly guy on the new season of the Ultimate Fighter. Ooh. Yeah, he was it out. In, in, in the first episode. He was in the first fight, and he won. He's considered in the, I think, in the middleweight or the bantamweight division. Well, and there's an interesting card here that, that I just saw up there. That it, it would be, so, just to kind of catch you up here. So our guy right above Ryan there, uh, we like to call him Ducky. Uh, it's Nick Lisi, but... So he was roommates with Trevor Lawrence last year, and and it, you know we talked about it every single week. 
when uh, Nick came on. But that would be a good match. It would be Nick against Trevor Lawrence. And do we do – but, Ryan, do we do boxing or do we do MMA with both of those guys? It, it wouldn't matter, but I would pay, <laughs> I would pay to see that. We'd have to do boxing because I don't think either of us know any MMA, and I could I, I, I could I could toss one with the uh, with the right, but he he's got to drop he's he's got to drop to one eighty if I'm fighting him. How about that? Yeah. He's right now like two fifteen. He's got to yeah. drop to one eighty. You have to stick Ducky on stilts. <laughs> Ducky against to. sunshine. Now. The other thing before uh, we kind of get things a little bit wrapped up, because there, there's a couple of things I want to mention towards the end. But um, so, Dave, we, Nick wrote an article, which will be up momentarily here on BroadStreetSouth.com. Uh, but he talked about the expansion here of, of what the college football program is trying to do to college football playoffs and, and as how they're trying to handle things for next season, which if they're able to get it in by next season, I know they got votes and all that good fun stuff for NCAA, but mm-hmm. uh I will leave this one up there to Ducky because Ducky put together a really great article. Again, that'll be out momentarily. But Ducky, if you want to kind of break down exactly the way you stated, at least the way you projected. Yeah, so I've uh, I've been big against the 12-team playoff. I think it's just a way uh, for SEC teams to get power. I think it's an SEC move to try to get power. Mm-hmm. I think too many SEC teams are going to be in. I think we'll see that in the committee. Um, but basically what I did is I, I wrote an article. I broke down kind of the last four years of the playoff. And pretty much, I, I really don't think any of the champions change. I really don't think anything changes with a 12-team playoff. I think it's a money grab, and I think it's a, a failed sense of hope for some of these, uh, you know, non-Power 5 teams to, to make it. But what, what are your thoughts? You, you do a lot for Penn State, and I think Penn State would definitely benefit from having that 12-team playoff. But what are, what are your thoughts? Well, that, that's different than the whole debate about this whole college football playoff. One, ESPN gets final say on 90% of it since they control the whole damn thing regardless because they get the rights to all the playoff games and including the, the title game, which no-brainer. Fox is trying to jump in and take, try to get some of the action, but ESPN has shut them down regardless. Mm-hmm. But Fox basically took what uh, – they took half of the Big Ten contract from ESPN and, Fox, and, and ESPN is pissed about that. But ESPN also lost the contract to the Big East as well. And why do you think Fox's ratings during college basketball season have been through the roof because of the Big East Conference? Because they're not on ESPN anymore. So that's a whole other battle I have when it comes to the college basketball side of things. But college football, I understand why they want to go to 12 teams because it's going to be the usual four teams. Clemson, Alabama, and who's that third team I'm thinking of? Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama. Georgia. Like, no, there's like no. there's Ohio, just better. Ohio, go ahead. Ohio State. State. He doesn't. He doesn't want to say the name. He's the not going to. The but but regardless, Penn State had opportunities. They just could not get the job done. Plain and simple. The one year they they should have been in it was when they took down what was it? When they were undefeated, blew it against Minnesota. That was the opportunity. When they were yep. the the one year they had, I think it was one loss. Went to Michigan State. Blow it. Basically, Penn State has had chances. They just could not get the job done. Plain and simple. So now, this is the year to do it. If they're going to expand to 12 teams, this is the year to do it. And especially Penn State's first home game, which will be September 11th against Ball State, which that should be a win. But their real test will be the week after. September 18th at home 
Saturday night primetime ABC game against Auburn. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff coming up. We also know the Summer Olympics is coming up, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how those athletes handle themselves after like having basically an additional year to train leading up to the Summer Olympics. I mean, that, that's going to be grueling on the body, but I know they're dying to get out there. The NBA, that's why the NBA only did 72-game regular season. So they would end it the second week in July. So if any of those players that continue to play into the NBA Finals are named to their national teams, they get a week or two weeks to, to rest up before they head over. Yeah. Yeah, which is going to be – listen, it's – it's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm looking forward. I always look forward to the summer games anyways. It's a lot of fun. I mean, the winter games are pretty cool, but there's nothing like the summer games. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just me. I, I prefer more than the winter games. Uh, but The David, summer games, it's more embarrassing this year because there's no USA men's soccer in the Olympics, which is embarrassing. The women's team is always going to be dominating the, the sport regardless. But not having the men's national team in failed, third Olympics failed, Missed the last three World Cups. What the hell is going on with them? It's yeah. kind of embarrassing. Sure is. And the women are picking up right where they left off. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. I, I know that Megan Rapino, she you know, she mentioned about as far as the dollar to dollar when it comes to the women and the men. Uh again, who can argue with Megan Rapino? Honestly, God. I mean, we can we can I know it's been debated for the longest. Me personally, I was an advocate, and, and Amy Rivera, a good friend of mine, she can back me up when I said it, that to me, the women should get paid, and I know it comes out to, you know, viewership and dollars and blah, 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 and this and that. But I tell you what, when the women are kicking the crap out of the men, the U.S. men's soccer team, it, and I understand that. I know they went the whole CONCACAF thing with the men, and I'm God surprisingly, they end up winning. But the women, come on, and hands down, women deserve to get paid a lot more than they're getting paid right now, but it's a whole different discussion Dave, for a whole different day. So you know, we'll have the discussion uh, later on, but I want to bring on before you leave. Cause I know I want to talk to you off air as well. So don't go anywhere. But one guy, they just said real quick, they said, hello, homies. And Joe Sharp, by the way, hi, David from Boston. Uh, I do see you. And I, I want to bring this up when it comes to Joe. Joe has been with the show for a while. And he sent me something today, and I want to share with everybody because I thought it was kind of neat. Now, we do have a sports life and entertainment show here as far as when it comes to the podcast. But Joe did what I think, in my own opinion, a phenomenal job. If you guys remember Sale from uh, AWOL Nation, the song itself, uh, don't ask me to sing it because I I would butcher it so bad. Yeah, please don't. Well, thank you. I'll make sure I won't do it. But uh, I told him that I wouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not this time around. But I do want to show, and I always have to put a disclaimer out here, even though we do know oh, Joe yeah. Sharp, who is a friend of the show, YouTube, Facebook, once again, I do not own the rights to this, what you're about to see, but it is available for public domain. I always got to put it out there because other will shut down the show, guaranteed every single time. But I want to put this out there. As I said to Joe earlier, I want you guys to listen in and give me your own opinion here at the very end. I think he did out of an outstanding job with Addison Scott there. So here, without further ado, is his version of Sale. And you guys will remember the song as soon as you start to hear it. Show my love. I made it in 
my mind because blame it on my ADD, baby. This is how an angel cries. I blame it on my own sick pride. I blame it on my ADD, baby. Joe Sharp, everybody, it's amazing. Listen, I, I, again, I said it to him earlier today when I spoke to him, and and again, I, I defy for someone else to put out a, a, a nicer rendition, but Joe, excellent job, my friend. It, it sounds so good, and I, I love, as I told him, the way they did it in black and white because it adds more to that particular song. So great job by Joe Sharp. Thank you for allowing us to share it. And, and again, uh, the lighters, by the way, because when you get a good song, as Ryan did there, as long as you get a good song, anytime you're at a concert somewhere else, you see the phones, the lighters up in the air. So great job there by uh, our national correspondent. So Joe, thanks again. If you have any other tunes that you always put out there. Oh, and by the way, uh, if I, do I have them on here? No, I did like and subscribe there to, uh, to their page. I think if I can bring it back, there it is. Brandywine Media Group. And by the way, let me pause that for a second, but Brandywine Media Group, if you guys, uh, by all means on YouTube, Want to like and subscribe to their stuff. I mean, great, great rendition again of Sale by AOL Nation by Joe Sharp and uh, Addison Scott there. So thanks again to uh, for Joe for allowing us to share it. Thanks to Dave for coming on with us tonight. And uh, I did notice, though, Neff, was it you? I, and let me go back here because I saw a regional beer pong national team. That would be beyond <laughs> interesting <laughs> if that would happen. 
So that would be uh, phenomenal. But again, tomorrow night we will have Ducky Cornish, uh, fan of the show. He, I know he wanted to get into it as far as boxing that that Goober match that we watched about two weekends ago, which we'll get into all, into all that tomorrow. Also from the Rough Cut Sportscast, we have AJ Johnson going to be talking with us before the game starts because he is an Atlanta Hawks fan and he wants to join in on the talk as far as when it comes to the NBA. So that will be a lot of fun. So tune in tomorrow. And then Thursday, we have Aaron Wilson from the Houston Texans. So we'll be getting into some talk, possibly, about Deshaun Watson as much as he can answer because the conversation, once again, is heating up. So we'll see Aaron Wilson on Thursday, Ducky, AJ tomorrow. Tomorrow's night show is at 7.15. will be our regular time on Thursday. So a lot of stuff going on. We thank everyone who tuned in tonight. I see two more comments coming in before I take it all the way. Joe, thank you for the compliment. You guys do a great job and appreciate it. And uh, amazing content. Thank you, Joe, so much. And we'll, we'll we'll keep talking, Joe. But again, thank you for that rendition that you gave to us here. So again, Dave, thank you, sir, for coming on. And I'm pretty sure we'll see you again because not only are you so well adverse again, and, and by the way, for everyone to know, for those who tune in late, David Melandra Jr. only takes off one minute of the day. 2359. When it turns to midnight, he cuts it off and then he starts the day off all over again. So, David, thank you nope. for all the great content. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Angel. Yes, Thanks sir. for coming on, Dave. Yep. No problem. Appreciate Angel, don't forget, don't forget to thank a certain person. Listen, we, we never we never forget to thank our great friend, the Goose. From Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacco's. Listen, it, if you guys have you noticed at the bottom at the bottom line there, you guys can see you can visit his shop in Limerick, Pennsylvania, where we will be out there September 12th. The entire gang, including the young man from Clemson there, will be making a trip as well. So we can be there live September 12th as the Eagles will be home. I or no, sorry, no, Eagles will be away. No, no, Eagles no, will be no. away. Eagles, Eagles will be away in Atlanta. Atlanta. Be in Atlanta. I, I keep forgetting that it's, it's the week after. So they will be in Atlanta. We will be home, is what I meant to say. So it should be a lot of fun. And, and by the way, Dave, if you'd like to come out there and join us as well, by all means, come out there to Goose's Lounge because it would be a lot of fun to add, you know, add the extra person there at the end of the, at the, end of the table. So if you'd like to join us. Oh, wait, that's my weekend. I think I'm in Penn State that weekend. I Are think you? I'm up that Yeah, because Penn State plays Ball State in the home ah. that weekend. Then the week after, it's Auburn. Yeah, there's so. a tough one. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> But it opens the season September 4th at Wisconsin. Lost. Ooh. ooh. ooh that's a Lost. tough one. Fox now I'm giving the win. Lost. Yeah, and Fox Sports already came out and said they're going to bring their pregame show, the big noon kickoff, to Madison, Wisconsin for that game. Yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah. Well, hold on. I wasn't done yet, but I wasn't done. And By the way, I also just came in. The, Flyers forward Oscar Limbaugh was just named the winner of the Bill Masterson Trophy. Oh, wow. Nice. And again, we'll get it. Listen, Dave, you're, you're going to be on multiple times. So, because we, we're, we're covering all around here. To, so, don't worry, because we'll be talking a whole bunch. But by the way, everyone, I also wanted to guys, let you guys know as well if you guys go to BroadStreetSouth.com, not only can we see ourselves here live, which you can always end up watching the show live on BroadStreetSouth.com. By the way, our media partner, Goose's Money Crystal Lounge, Tobacco Notes, as you guys can see there as well. If you click on there, you can go there and buy all your fabulous cigar products, whether it's vapes or the natural stuff, by all means. And, and Doc Rivers, by the way, if you are watching, Doc, I know it's your night off. By all means, please just pick up a cigar from Goose's. It'd be phenomenal for, for the rest of us. So 
If you guys also go over to the store, you can highlight the store here. You will see that our new merchandise is out there. So by all means, stop by, take a look, right? T-shirts, hoodies, women's leggings. It's there, men's tank tops, everything that you need, even fanny packs. Yes, fanny packs, tote bags, you name it, it's there. The only thing that's not there yet, and it will be there shortly, will be the hats. And I'm working on that, and so the hats will be available here momentarily. But again, for Ryan, Debbie, the producer over at Studio B, as I'm here in Studio A, for our young Nick, for Vito Corleone, and again, thanks to David, everyone. We can't will see you. you tomorrow night. You can't hear me. Well, it doesn't matter. You're probably better off anyway. We're signing off. <laughs> well, he signed off. There you go. So, I uh, love the doc. Great coach. Yeah, Goose, listen, he's – don't worry. We'll be bouncing back, okay? Don't listen to oh, young Ducky up there. His Brooklyn Nets will be okay. They'll be all right. But I, I would right now in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know what, Dougie? I, in all honesty, I would love to see a Philly Brooklyn Nets matchup. I would love to see that. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, Joel Embiid a little bit hurt. Obviously, the same way with the Knicks. I mean, you know, nasty, nasty fall there last night to uh, one of your particular players, Kyrie. Uh, but hey, listen, anything can happen come the next series, so we'll see. But to everyone else, thank you, thank you again to Goose for being a major contributed to the show and being our media partner. And, and there'll be some new signage going on here in the background here momentarily. So, and, and poof and be gone. Fuji's just like that. <laughs> so there's dropping like flies here at the end of the show. So everyone else, we will see you tomorrow night. As long as I bring, Oh, you know what? And just for Ryan, because just for Ryan, I'll just, I'll bring it up there just because <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I'll bring it up there. Right there. So there's Fuji. He's back. All right. Everyone I'm else. All sound. Now, Ducky, no, I'm working on that. So I did see the comment before I sign off here. I am working on the hats. Um, it, it it needs some fine tuning because if you try to put the stencil work on there and the stitching work, it's got to look good because if not, it's going to look half butt. And, and I don't believe in selling half butt merchandise. That's not the way we work around here. So anyways, thanks to everyone again for tuning in tonight. We appreciate you very much. We hope to see everyone tomorrow night. Don't forget 7.15 tomorrow with AJ from Rough Cut Sportscast along with Dougie Cornish, the coach. He will be on with us tomorrow. Then Thursday, once again, Aaron Wilson from the Houston Texans, formerly also of the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll get into some Deshaun talk, some Houston talk, some Aaron Rodgers talk. So there's a lot of NFL talk we're going to be going on on Thursday. So that should be a lot of fun for everyone else tonight. Once again, I thank everyone for tuning in. We will see everyone tomorrow night. Have a great night, and we'll see you then.